I'm Tara. Welcome to Scratching the Surface, where we talk all things real. You can listen in on my chats with like-minded people on all of my passions. Please subscribe, share the podcast, and feel free to connect with me on my Instagram at Life Behind the Rainbow or on Facebook at We Rainbow Oils. I would love to hear your feedback. Love and light to you all. Hello, hello everybody. I'm here with lovely Brona Alexander. Um, she's an old friend. I used to be quite close to her family at a stage and we actually really got to know each other though when she came over to Liverpool to study um, where I was doing my undergrad. So Brona is actually talking to me from the Caribbean. <laughs> wow. Um, so I just had to get her on to find out uh, firstly how the hell is she over there and for to inspire some people that maybe think gosh I could never do that or especially now with the pandemic they think oh maybe this will never happen for me so Bruna do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and you know your studies and stuff before and yeah introduce yourself <laughs> um yeah no problem hey um, I'm a pediatric and adult nurse um in Southampton that's um and then I worked there so I lived in Southampton for about uh just over seven years including studies and postgraduate work I kind of always knew that I wanted to well I wanted to be a nurse for long enough and then I kind of um knew I wanted to travel from quite a young age and I I always wanted to do pediatric nursing, but it's it's not as easy um to travel with a pediatric um license as it is an adult license. And um, there's some countries that they don't recognise it, and um, because a lot of countries just do general like a general um nursing degree. And um, so that's why I did the adult and children's uh, degree. Um, and that's the only reason I went really to Southampton because it was the only place at the time that offered it. Um, so I I did that and I had a wonderful time in Southampton and then I chose to take my first job in the emergency department there because it had there's very few jobs that you can work where you work with adults and children um at this like at the same time and um, one of them being any and the other one kind of just being theaters um at the well that I could sort of think of at the time and so yeah I worked there for um two and a half years um, and I loved it. Um, I learned a lot. It was a steep learning curve for sure. I just wanted to take sort of my pediatric nursing to another level, just get some more experience with like um, acutely unwell children. Um, and so I went and worked in um, pediatric intensive care in Southampton again. And that was a wonderful job. Like I only worked there nine months and I loved it. Um, I loved the team. I loved the work. And it was it was a hard decision to leave. Yeah, I did, it's not a decision I made lightly because I was only just getting into the swing of it. You need to work in ICU for like a long time to be like a really competent ITU nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but at the at the time I was I was I had just done my um, diploma in tropical nursing. I did that at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, and so that was with the view of it's a yeah it's a postgraduate diploma so it was a view of you know traveling further at the time I really wanted to do like Doctors Without Borders um and you can't really get on to, you know you have to have this diploma to get onto it but it's 
that's sort of not where I really would want to go anymore but that's what I wanted at the time and through that when you're just studying or whenever you've just finished your studies and you're working and you're so busy you maybe didn't even have the chance to like look up loads of different options and you're happy and like you said you're happy enough where you were yeah yeah so when I was a student like I was just always um looking for travel opportunities like when I graduated another was another reason um I went to the emergency department everywhere you want to travel sort of all the 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 travel nurse jobs well I, and to be honest at the time I wasn't even really looking for jobs I was it was more just volunteer work I wanted to do yeah. um I didn't actually at the time know that you could actually travel and get paid to be a nurse like yeah. I kind of had it only as volunteer um or stipend basis I know what um, you mean because remember I went and did the teaching uh, yeah here and over in well I did that in India and in Africa but I felt like I had to be doing a degree that was relevant and whatever and yeah it is only then when you do get that bit older you suss it out or did somebody like tell you about this or how then you know yeah so it's so so random and it kind of feels like everything um sort of half you know like cliche of everything happened for a reason because oh. of the the so I read how I ended up in Curacao is because I went to Aruba last year. Um, so I worked in Aruba from December 2020 to June 2021. Mm. Um, and the only reason I, I got to come here is because of COVID. But had I still been working in Southampton at my 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 NHS job, it's unlikely I would have been able to come because I couldn't just you know quit my job or leave you know leave at a like a moment's notice which is 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 the type of work that you need to do to do these jobs because they want you there really quickly so how I came about it is so I did my tropical nursing diploma and so I met have that in the bag yeah, just because it was, it was, it's a fantastic course. It's a fantastic course. It is something that as soon as I read about it, I was like, I need to do this. It is learning. like So it's sort of got practical elements to it as well as the- theoretical. So you're learning all about um, all different types of tropical diseases, like water sanitation. Um, uh, you, we had all these really amazing influential speakers like come in and talk to us about all different, you know, about sustainable health care, um, leprosy, malaria, uh, wow. schistosomiasis, like all these amazing, amazing speakers. But also on the, the side of it, you had these amazing practicals. So we were in the lab getting taught how to use microscopes so that if we were ever in um, a remote area, uh, and we had to do our own diag- diagnostics. So we were learning to look at what? blood films under the lab and um, poo samples under the lab to like diagnose different um, different types of, you know, illnesses, diseases. Like it was so cool. Like it, it was as soon as I heard about that course, I was like, when I graduate, I'm going to do that. Like wow, I'm, I'm yeah. going to do that. And then when you were actually on it, you were like, this is exactly what I oh. thought it was mm. and more. Oh, my goodness. And more like and more for sure like the, just the I feel bad for people that are now doing it through the pandemic because they don't get that lab aspect of it mm. where you're in with these like really intelligent lab 
technicians and um, uh, scientists. And they were like, we were looking at all these different samples. Um, I didn't know there were so many different types of malaria. Yeah. Um, and they present in the blood in different ways. And they were showing us like how to, you know, diagnose different types of malaria. And um, then we were looking also at yeah poo samples and looking for all sorts. It was, I mean, I feel like I forgot most of it, <laughs> but at the time it was incredible. Were, um, were you learning a lot about ticks? Yeah, yeah. Just, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, it was like just so many different diseases that we ne- we wouldn't necessarily see see in the UK like uh, we learn about leprosy uh rabies um schistosomiasis uh, like wow. yeah it was it was really but then like they would like draw in from like we'd have like big talks on you know sexual health and um you know the importance of family planning and the cultural um implications of the family planning in mm-hmm. you know more remote remote communities or if you're sent into like say there's a natural disaster and you're you know you mm-hmm. take a job and or a volunteer post and you're in there and like trying to establish um like water and sanitation and to stop the spreads of these diseases and we got a talk from this guy who was like friends with um david Attenborough, all about like climate change and um sustainability and um you know the impact of the like you know the we all talk it was really impactful actually i completely forgot about this and he was sort of his angle was yes it's all well and good that everybody needs to and it tied really well in with um family planning and stuff and so he was saying, yes, it's very important for every person on this earth to try and reduce their carbon footprint, but also we need to reduce the number of footprints. I'm mm-hmm. talking about actually the um, the impact of having fewer children has on the on you know on the climate and on the, the earth in general. Um, and he's saying like, you know, and then somebody would say, but like, you know, in sort of the UK, Europe we tend to have less children, but actually in like more remote rural places, you know, they tend to have more kids, but the impact of a child from a rural village and a poor um, country, that child's impact on the world in terms of the climate is going to be a lot less than, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so it was just, it was such a fascinating course. It was just like, I could talk about it for ages. <laughs> How long was the course? Uh, so it was part time, um, and it was five months once once a week for five months. So I had to drop my hours at work, and I travelled every week on the National Express from Southampton to London, and I slept on sofas every week. <laughs> from, um, and I think I calculated that um, the amount of time I spent on the National Express equated to four and a half days of my life. Oh my goodness. Wow, no, that course sounds unreal. Like nearly anybody that was going, traveling, you know, to really crazy exotic places or just really different kind of places should have to do like a little mini, a mini version of that, you know, just for all the illnesses and all the things that they could be picking up. Yeah, it was, it was really, really fascinating. And then the, the thing was I met, so if I hadn't gone on that course, I wouldn't be here where I am now. Because the person that got me to Aruba was a was a woman that that I met on that course. So, 
It is crazy. She was a student as well. So she was on the course. And so basically, this make I don't know if this makes any sense. So I was working in Southampton. I'd already done the course. The woman that I met on the course was nannying out in Switzerland. And so she knew a family that needed a nanny and knew that I'd always wanted to do a ski season, right? So mm-hmm. this this is all sort of if this if I hadn't gone to Switzerland, I also wouldn't be here. Um so she contacted me. She was like, Bruno, there's a family of, you know, friends of the family I'm nannying for that, that they need a new au pair. Like, are you interested? And I was kind of like, well, that's not really nursing. But yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to do a ski season. So this sounds awesome. And so I contacted them and like we spoke on FaceTime and we, you know, we fitted quite well. And so then I had to make this decision. Do I leave this great job in, in the PICU that I'm loving? I finally feel settled in. I feel like I was just really getting my teeth into because obviously there's an adjustment period uh, when you start any new job or do I just, you know, do I quit it? Do I quit the NHS and do I go work as an au pair in Switzerland? And so I did. I went and quit my job. I went and worked for an, as an au pair in Switzerland. I had to move all my stuff home to my parents. I moved everything home. I was at home for a month. And I flew out to Switzerland on the 30th of December, 2019. Um, and I was supposed to be there for six months. And obviously COVID happened. Um, so I was in the Swiss Alps with this pandemic going on. I was one of those, Tara. I was, I, I honestly, I was, ha- I was in the Swiss Alps. The Swiss were very, <laughs> at the time, very chill about it. Um, I was taking a social media detox at the time. So I didn't have a clue. I had no clue what was going on in the world with regards wow. to coronavirus. And my mom was on the phone. My auntie was on the phone being like, Bruno, you need to come home. Like, this is serious. And I was like, nah, it's chill. It's like swine flu. I'll pass. I was what I hate to say. I had no idea what was going on in the world. And then no, my friend. Me too. I sure I was in Canada. And oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was going to be like that for like three days. And then it would all pass. It would all pass. Little <laughs> did we know. And I got stuck here for, I'm still here. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, sort of all snowballed from there and it started getting more serious and they're talking about lockdowns and, you know, this and that. And I just then had this dilemma. I either was like, I need to, you know, have this, live this lovely life that I had with these, honestly, this wonderful family, uh, great kids, like just living in the Swiss Alps. They were going to be obviously sent home from school. So we live in with them. Just my guilty conscience, like when I hear like, how short everybody was of nurses and like we needed they needed nurses with ICU experience and at that time I had an adult ICU experience but I had ICU experience I knew how to work a ventilator so I just kind of felt like I should go back home um, and so that was a hard decision but because I'd moved all stuff home like all my shit on my car everything I'd moved out of my flat in Southampton I couldn't go back to my old job yeah. So, so yeah I ended up back home back with my parents which I hadn't been hadn't lived there for I don't know eight years nine years mm. and so I ended up having to work in the ICU at home uh, which was hard because I'd never been I'd never nursed in Northern Ireland like mm. I, I trained in England and I worked in England so that was that was tough because um, I didn't know anybody and um, everybody was in full PPE I had never worked in this country, let alone the hospital or the trust. A lot of stuff was different. Plus, we were in the middle of the pandemic. So, yeah, surely um, that meant that you weren't, did you ever even get to see 
your colleagues like full faces and stuff for a long time you know that would have been awful it was hard um so it was it was really hard to get to know people but like so we had full PPE on when we were in the the red zones or the hot zones or the COVID zones whatever way you want to call it but then like you took obviously had to take it all off so once you, when you weren't in there like and you were in like either the the staff room or if you were on the floor and uh, not in the way our the way our IC was laid out was you had the corridor and then you had like we called them like hot zones or whatever and so if you were in one of those zones then obviously you had to have the full the full PPE on um so um you did yeah you did get to see people and whatnot but it was it was hard to get to know people for sure yeah you couldn't go and socialize after work or anything like that no. Did anything to go any differently because it all panned out and you know it worked out the way it should have um but at the time it would have been so much nicer to go back my old job and um work you know I trained in that hospital and I worked there for over three years like I knew that hospital like the back of my hand I knew a lot of faces in that hospital like and not just like nurses and doctors like porters um Mm. technicians um lab tech like do you know what I mean I, I knew loads of people so to just go from there to and having people that you trust that trust you that know your skills your capabilities uh your strengths and weaknesses to just go in somewhere where nobody knows you is and the, the thing that was hardest is people assumed I was local nurse because I had a local accent oh flip Rona that sounds so see I was getting you on to talk all about nursing out in Sorry. the Caribbean but actually this is so Sorry I've gone off on such a tangent. No no this is so interesting like people that are not nurses like w- do not understand what you went through like I have quite a few friends that are nurses and stuff but like Bruna you were way off living your best life in Switzerland not doing the nursing at the time to then come kerplunk back straight here into Northern Ireland a different system and everything like no nursing friends there like cheapers like I just can't even imagine yeah. how that felt just like you were saying about how you had to make like big massive decisions and how did you even go about that because obviously at the minute that's kind of what I'm really focusing my time and energy on is learning all this stuff about like you know our own body and our mind and connecting the two and everything like just because my illness like um last year but like making these big hard choices did you kind of sleep on it did you think and talk to your family and friends like what, how did you make those big choices so I in some ways overthink a lot like I'm quite anxious person so I tend to over ruminate maybe quite a lot but honestly when it comes down to like nobody obviously can make these decisions for you mm-hmm. when it comes down to the down to the crunch of it I honestly with my gut instinct good love it like there's some people that they spend their full their entire adulthood trying to find their gut instinct they're like yeah talks about this like where is mine I don't have that yeah no I I can't even remember it's two years where I really really I know if I sit with something and I try and just try and really just turn off all my thoughts and everybody else's opinion. And I just know there'll be a feeling in the pit of my stomach. And that's the right decision. Mm-hmm. How and long I just does that usually take you to get there? Sometimes it's instant. Mm. I think most of the time it's fairly instant. 
but I probably wouldn't let myself think that okay. at the time, if that makes sense. But if I think about it, I might. Your, I think your gut instinct comes pretty quickly. Yeah. You, when somebody puts that in front of you, you're either you might be hesitant. Your brain might be hesitant, but like in the core, in your core, you're like, no, I want to do that, or no, I don't want to do that. The thing I find the hardest. Like when you're making a like a hard decision and your gut instinct is telling you do one thing, but it's not necessarily what you want to do, but you know it's the right thing to do. Yes. You just that's when the hardest. When you know your yeah. your gut you know you're gonna do it because that's what or I know I'm gonna do it because that's what my gut instinct is telling me is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um and what ultimately I think I should do, but it's really hard when you when your brain's like, but that's not the fun choice or that's mm-hmm. not the exciting choice or oh totally and whenever especially when it's not the easiest choice when you think no it's sure it'd be easier to just do that like why would it bother but no you're in your gut and you know that down the line you will definitely be like you'll be glad you'll thank yourself Mm -hmm. almost or yeah wow I love that good insight I love it I or I find it really hard as well if like an opportunity comes up and it's just not the right time. Yeah. Like I got another opportunity to go to the islands in August. Um, but I was on a road trip catching up with friends and family I hadn't seen in nearly two years. And as much as I was like, I want to go back out, like this might be my only opportunity to go back out. And I really want to. But I'm. I, it was a really hard decision because I really, really wanted to go. But I also had been so looking forward to this road trip and I was in the middle of it. And I wanted to see my friends and family. That was always the plan. Mm. And you know, when you're just like, oh, if this just came at a different time, you know, if this just came in two months time or a month's time when I didn't have anything else going on, like, but that's the, that's the beauty of this contract work is it comes and you have to make a decision there and then. And that's what happened last Monday. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, Is it you're signed up with a certain agency or is it just a company or, you know, is it, you so, know, if I was to do, um, so I did do sub teaching uh, back when I first got my teaching degree and I'm kind of go on this register, obviously you get all your checks and stuff and then you're on a regis- register annually and you just pay that mm-hmm. annually and you can go on and pick and choose the days or whatever but obviously this is for you to go move abroad so yeah tell us the process of that so how I came about of it and I think this maybe isn't the the norm I think it's um just been a bit different because of COVID uh and the uncertainty of things and you know COVID obviously changes things quickly so basically um that was a woman that was on that course with me put into a really old whatsapp group that like nobody really used anymore um like oh i'm out here she was in curacao at the time which is where i am now um but i was in aruba before and she was like so i'm out here i'm in curacao i'm working as an icu nurse and they need they need more nurses out here the covid situation is really bad the agency will they'll pay for your flights um, and you'll get paid good money, more, you know, better money than the NHS. Um, and, you know, they'll give you they'll provide you with food. Um, you know, like if anybody wants to apply, this is an amazing opportunity. Like you should come. And I was obviously there's a time difference at the time. And I just happened to see the message really late at night because I couldn't sleep. 
And I was just look, I laughed. I was like, well, that's a scam message. Like, lol, mm-hmm. like there's no way somebody's saying I can go and work in the Caribbean for more money and be, you know, pay for my flights and whatnot. And but I just there's, thought, and for to give us a wee bit of background here, were you just contracted then to the hospital you were in in Northern mm-hmm. Ireland or was this you were just kind of doing I was working agency work in yeah, Northern okay. Ireland. So, so I was working you would have been able to up and go yeah. easy enough. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So at the start of the pandemic, I block booked for 12 weeks. So if I had been in my block booking, then I could have left, but it wouldn't it wouldn't have been a cool move. Like it would have been. Yeah. And then I was just on their books. Um I was working really regular hours. I felt so a part of their team. Like I really felt a part of the team, but I was in a position I wasn't contracted. Mm-hmm. I could leave. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it was a scam. I was, but I messaged her anyway. And even then I remember coming down, mom was at work. I remember coming down and being like, saying to dad, being like, I might take a job in the Caribbean. And he just looked at me and laughed and he was like, what now? <laughs> what now? What ridiculous idea have you got now? Oh, I uh, love this. Like, Bruna, did you do um, much traveling before that just you had the bug? So um, I'd done like when I was, you know, 19, you did the interrailing. I did that for like four weeks. And when I was like nine, that was like the first big adventure. Past what countries like, did you stop at? So we did sort of Eastern, like more Eastern. We did uh, Hungary, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Montenegro and Croatia. Was wow, our, beautiful, beautiful. Our yeah so so good and so cheap like I was like oh my god um I think I did that and that was the first big one you know past your week's holiday in Spain once you got your A-level results you know Um, um, and then like I went to Malawi for three weeks with the university um was that through nursing did you do a bit of nursing kind of stuff or what so we weren't, because we weren't qualified, we weren't licensed to do anything, but we, so we did like a fundraising project for the charity. So we climbed called Mount Malangi, which is the Southern Africa's highest peak. So we climbed that. Um, and then we lived in this like real rural village um, and just, they were getting a new primary school. So we, you know, helped with uh, decorate um, and we did first aid lessons we did like big sports days like just sort of lived with the community really for a week wow. um, and then visited and like we'd brought out loads of supplies for the the village and also for the hospitals and just like we went around and saw a, a lot of the local hospitals and then we had some like R&R time where we went to like the national park um, and wow. so like went on safari and and then probably the only other big trip I would say was like my biggest trip was to India but that was just that was just a holiday I went on holiday to India for gosh when where where all did you go there because that's going to be one of my next podcasts um I'm chatting to my friend Amy that I went to India with so ah class Uh so it'll be interesting to compare that Where, where all did you go so we we only had three weeks um, and we flew in and out of Mumbai and sort of went down the west coast for like Goa and then down into Kerala, like right down. And then we got to the bottom and basically flew back up. And then we visited, we'd made friends in Goa 
and visited some friends in a place called Surat, which is just slightly north of Mumbai. So we only saw like a really small, you know, India's so humongous. Oh, we so only saw like, but it was so beautiful. Like we were in the, we went to Minar, we were in the tea plantations. We were down in Alipe and like down in Kerala, like on the beaches. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of time in Goa. Actually, up in the Western Ghats on a safari in Kerala. Ah, class. Mm-hmm. And yeah, oh, I'd love to go back. Great country. Same. And so cheap. And the food is freaking unreal. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And the people are just so lush. Oh, like, yeah, so, so lush. lovely. And so, yeah, I so didn't, helpful and friendly and all, yeah. I didn't love the cities as much because, like, yeah. I, I'm glad we went to Mumbai, but, like, we were there three days at the start and then two days at the end. We actually stayed in the, oh, this is really fun. Like we stayed in um, the Taj Mahal Palace Hotel, Mumbai, wow. which is the biggest five-star hotel. But we just bought the cheapest, cheap, cheap, cheap room. Really? And we rocked up. We had just got the train back from this place called Surat, um, which was so busy. We sat on for four hours in the luggage racks and, um, so we came back and went into this big fancy palace of a hotel and like so dirty you know what it's like like just mm-hmm. humid and sun cream and bug spray <laughs> everything dirt just sticks to you yeah and it was just stunning and we had booked the cheapest room which was probably like cheaper than the premier inn at home and they just they looked at us and i don't know like they just upgraded everything we went from having this bog, I mean, a bog standard room in that place was still going to be amazing. But we went from having this bog standard room to like this luxurious, like penthouse thing with a 24 hour butler service and um, afternoon tea, cocktail hour, cognac and chocolate tasting, a bed that could honestly have slept about 10 people comfortably. Wow. like these humongous showers and baths and this incredible view of the pool and our Declan, our butler just bringing us stuff like wow. it was surreal and there's yeah. me like you needed to have um closed toe shoes and I'm running around the markets in Mumbai trying to buy a pair of shoes <laughs> <laughs> just so I could go to cocktail hour <laughs> oh yeah I am um... I actually found that like a lot of people are so scared to go to India, but I thought it was so beautiful, so vibrant. And like you say, the people are just unreal. Amazing. And then you can get actual luxury, like for so cheap that, you know, you wouldn't treat yourself to that often at home. Like we were on the beach, like lying, it was on Goa, on Goa beach. We actually didn't get to Mumbai because there was a lot of, um, there was bombing or something going on. We were we actually did our volunteering over the complete other side, uh, uh-huh. Chennai, and then I got a train at like twenty four hour. Oh my god! The whole Crazy. other side, yeah. Um, because uh, then we actually met. Remember we James, uh, yeah, James that lived with Callum and that. Um, we met up with him and his mates over in Goa, so it was so fun. Oh my goodness, it was so so fun. But um, Goa is a lot of fun. Oh yeah, we were like horse riding on the beach and like on mopeds and oh my goodness, yeah. Oh my god, we drove those mopeds and you know when you're like, God, we're lucky we didn't die. Uh, yeah, truly. <laughs> no helmets, nothing. And I tell Stephen some stories of my travels and like I am like cheapers. I actually have bypassed my nine cat lives. Like, yeah, for sure. 
But Especially, I'm... I think Goa, those scooters in Goa, because we were there in monsoon season as well, like, so driving in torrential rain, no helmets, mm. like, all these people just driving them, smoking, and drinking, everything, you just think, I was an a &E nurse at the time, thinking, Jesus Christ, I'm asking for trouble here. Mm -hmm. And they only, they, they actually told us, they, the only thing they have to do to get their driving license over there is use of horn. So they just do, 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 you know, going around the corners and constant do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on them beaches, you'd be just lying, like chilling. And then there's like a woman come by with all the lovely jewelry, handmade jewelry, and they do uh, manicures, pedicures, massage on the beach. Like, unbelievable. So that, oh, was, that perfect. was so class. Yeah, perfect for after volunteering, honestly. But yeah. Let's go back there. Um, you had mentioned just when you were chatting that you do little social media detoxes now and again. Like, tell us how that makes you feel. Um, you had mentioned that you kind of ruminate on, on your thoughts and stuff and be quite anxious and stuff. Like, I am totally the same. I'm really, really working so much on it and definitely, like, using my little essential oils and meditations and stuff and just kind of talking to myself and saying no don't need this today like I'm really getting much 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 better but yeah I just find that is is that something that has helped you to be able to go off on your complete own and do these kind of things or um I think for me the social media detox just in general my like my personality I'm an all or I'm an all or nothing kind of person like um I'm either all in or I'm not um and so I try really hard to limit the amount of time I go on social media but sometimes I no not even sometimes like I I I can't regulate it very well myself like um and so sometimes like I just have to go cold turkey because I'm addicted. I am addicted to my phone. Like I'm freely will admit that I'm addicted to my phone. I'm addicted. It's always to hand. Like anytime I have a spare second in the day, I scroll on Instagram or I check my WhatsApp or whatever. Um, and so sometimes I just, I did it the first time when nearly three years ago, I did a month of no alcohol and a social media detox and I just said, I'm not going on any, the only thing I allowed myself was WhatsApp because that's how I keep in contact with people. And I was just like, I'm not going on anything. And that month I read three books. Wow. Like my productivity yeah. just went through the roof, yeah. like through the roof. And and to me, I'm not, a, I love reading, but I'm not a big reader. And so to me, reading a book is really, like that is, I would define that as being productive. Like that's a productive use of my time. Oh, totally. And, you can learn so much even just from yeah. a novel like because if the character three is... books in a month yeah wow. and I'm a slow wow. reader um and so just every so often I just need to take myself away because I'm not I just don't get any I just waste so much time of so much of my day if I go to bed and I can't go on Instagram I'll actually just go to sleep yeah. instead of just lying there scrolling or you know I'd be in the coffee room at work and instead of scrolling eating my breakfast at work I'd, I'd read two pages of my book you know and it's just so much so much more better use of my time <laughs> yeah. um and so I find that really like really helps my like mental health like really like I'm more anxious than normal or 
sometimes I just really need help focusing. I'm really easily distracted. So if I don't have something like Instagram to distract me, then I can find it just easier to bring my train of thought back and to try and focus on stuff. Um, I have an endless to-do list that just never ends. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? <laughs> um, and so it's just one thing that, like the two biggest things that have improved my mental health is I gave up alcohol, big party girl over here, um, loved a night out, remember all those messy nights out in Liverpool, like big, three years in March, no alcohol. Wow. Still love a night out. I actually haven't been drinking now from, well, before Christmas. And Brona, I've never felt, now, isn't that ridiculous, says the the ex-cancer patient. Oh, goodness. I know my friend Annie, like, she's a doctor and she'll be laughing when she hears that because when I said last year, oh, I, yeah, I might do dry January, she was, like, roaring, laughing, being like, what flipping cancer patient says, oh, I might do dry January? <laughs> But yeah, no, only because I just, same thing, like, I was just feeling, like, not really focusing. And I'm not, I'm not saying I was partying or drinking a lot, but oh. I just really did love my wee glass of red wine. And it, that was how I celebrated nearly, even when I was on treatment um, at the end of the month or whatever. But I must say, I have been feeling better than ever. Like, I literally have so much energy. I'm going out walking every single day. You saying about the reading books. Now, I'm not really reading books because it really hurts my head and it's so yeah my eyes and everything but I've been listening to loads of audiobooks I'm actually like getting oh so I count more... audiobooks as reading books okay, like, I listen great. to audiobooks yeah and especially if it's by the author because then you're like wow they're actually yeah. reading their thoughts like it's yeah I love that um but yeah getting so much done around the house like working towards like you know doing my own I don't know, a little business or something like in, in the very near future that I would not be doing so if I was exhausted after having loads of drink and stuff the night before. Yeah. Same thing with the whole social media thing. I um, have my new little page. I don't even follow that many people on it. You know, it's just like people that are really inspirational and like lift me up. I do not scroll. I don't have all that, you know, and it really yeah. is, is so good. Yeah. Like you say that about only following people that inspire you or that mean something to you. And I think that's so important. Like I follow quite a lot of people, but as soon as someone posts something that I don't agree with, doesn't sit right with me, um, not that I don't agree with, because I do, I don't mean it like that, because I do like seeing other people's point of views and I like hearing other people's opinions and sort of trying to expand my mind. So I don't mean it in a well, if you don't believe what I believe, then I don't want to hear from you. I, I just mean, if it doesn't make me, if I'm reading it and it doesn't make me feel good or I tend to unfollow people. Like I do oh. follow a lot of feminist accounts and mm. they, you know, they, they talk about a lot of hard hitting things or in some, in some ways I do follow some sort of heavier pages, but it's more just about growth and like trying to yeah. expand my mind and stuff. But, you know, not in a, sort of toxic kind of way does that totally. make any sense oh so goodness. I think if you're going to be on social media who you follow needs to be and I follow so many just like pages that basically post motivational quotes because every so often yeah. in your day you just need a little motivational quote oh my goodness I don't care I, Rona I'm literally <laughs> like nodding 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 along as you're speaking there like that's it like I I think I mean loads of my friends will probably be listening going you don't even follow me you bitch but I, 
it's because I I talk I want to talk to them I want to WhatsApp them I want to actually like catch up yeah proper so yeah I don't even follow a lot of my actual friends it's just more that I only follow people that are like I'm gonna like you say if I need a wee pick me up or like I want to kind of like learn something or just for you know you're waiting on something or especially when I'm in like waiting rooms or something like that like uh-huh. yeah, it's great to have a wee scroll and it's only positive things and yeah. the second I say something negative or if they say something that I'm like nah you're mm-hmm. so not authentic your ego is massive unfollow I mean yeah. I don't even think about it it's just click straight away <laughs> I think for me also like a great way I used social media the first time I did it really positively was like like when I first came out, I would say I didn't have any issues coming out. It, it sort of, it didn't even, it wasn't even, I, I didn't even come out. It wasn't really a thing. It was a gradual process, but. Yeah, you but I wasn't, and all are so chill. Like you would never. Yeah, so, so chill. Like, anything, yeah. Um, and so like, it wasn't even a thing. It was a gradual process for me. It was a gradual process for the world. Um, yeah. But I wasn't I just had this thing that I was like, life would be so much easier if you're straight. Like everyone assumes that I'm straight anyway. Like, you know, you get no hassle. Like if I want to have kids, like it's just easier. Like, you know, at that point it was still illegal in Northern Ireland. So I just had this real, like I was just so bummed. I was just a bit, not just a bit bummed because I was like, life would be so much easier. Um, and Why do you so- think like people would have thought, oh, they just assumed that you were? Is that just what? Because I've so many times I like would say oh no like I'm gay or I'm a lesbian or whatever and all I would get was you don't you look straight you don't look gay you don't look like a lesbian like I get I got that a lot I still get that and so there's a do you think there is a look there there's the very stereotypical lesbian look and there's the very typical gay man look that people assume all lesbians and Mm -hmm. gay men look like that like that's just I, that's just the assumption of like all lesbian women or are, are bitch they all have a buzz cut they all wear this they all wear that every one of my friends that is lesbian or a gay man they are so you wouldn't like they're all exactly it's so stupid like they they you know they like the same things as me like i you know oh it's just so stupid but it's just it is one of those things like and people still say it um and do so i didn't feel, do you feel that do you like does you know, obviously, I can I can empathize, or like I don't know. Like, do you actually feel like people might think that? Like, or they're well, people know? have said it to me. Oh my goodness! People I've have told me I don't look. I couldn't be a lesbian because I don't look like one. What? And they oh no, I bet you this is a, this is a yeah. That you'll come out of her what? Or like, or like so surprised, like oh, I would never have guessed because you don't look like a lesbian. Like people said that to me. So how does that make uh, you feel? Well, it doesn't make me feel great, but I used to try so hard because I'd be like, oh, well, if I wear this, are people going to, am I going to look bitch? So does that mean people, I'm going to look like a lesbian and is that what I want? Or do you know, do I want to look, it's just, man, it's ridiculous. It's just stereotypes. It's just stereotypes. And I didn't have many, I don't, I still to this day don't really have many lesbian friends, to be fair. Um, But you don't have, like, I grew up in Northern Ireland. There was no, like, real, obviously, positive gay influence. Um, mm. My uncle is a positive gay influence. Like, he's out and proud and wonderful. Oh, he's um, But that was the first, I can't remember who told me to do it or if I came to it on my own. I can't remember, but the first time I really positively use social media is basically and I've used this 
technique. I don't know if that's the right word since then, but like I basically, I wasn't used to seeing lesbians. Like there, there was nobody about. And so I basically just flooded my social media with, you know, following like, like lesbian pages or gay pages or queer this, queer that, like, um, you know, for couples that go inspiration and Yeah. And so then it was just like totally way more normal to be like, oh yeah. So now like my, my page is super gay. Um, And I did the exact same when I um, decided to give up or when I wanted to give up me, I just needed that. I really wanted to do it, but it was a habit. Mm -hmm. And I, just needed that push over the edge. I kept doing it and then coming back. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah, and so we... I watched that seaspiracy and then I just flooded my Instagram with vegetarian, like all these vegan pages, all the reasons. So every day I was on my Instagram, I was being reminded, this is why you gave up meat. This is why you're doing this. It's really helpful. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Bruna, again, here I am, nodding, nodding, nodding along. <laughs> I'm literally, we had a, so the last time I seen Bruno was in the summer and um, we met up and went for a wee day at the beach, which was so lovely, wasn't oh it? Oh God, I was looking at those photos the other day. Yeah, me too. Um, I We were chatting away that day and Bruno was saying how she was fully vegan at the time. Yeah, you are fully vegan now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I was, was transitioning like, oh, at that time, but I'm committed, <laughs> fully committed. Right, exactly. So this is, I was like, oh, I'm a pescatarian. That's the best diet for me. And it's, you know, we need to get our fish oils and blah, blah, blah. And then no, like recently I just have completely, it's, yeah. I've been following it on Instagram. I'm loving your, um, your, your veganuary and your transition. I'm loving watching it. Yeah, no, totally. Do you know what it was? Um, I I really was quite vegetarian anyway, and I really rarely had meat. Um, at Christmas time, you know, the that was I was like, right, I'm gonna have all the meat. I'm gonna have whatever I want. It's Christmas, and this time last year I was so sick I couldn't even have a dinner, and because I was on my chemo and stuff. So, yeah. but I did not enjoy it. I couldn't like no. the, the taste of the meat. I just felt like I was literally eating an animal. Like for the first oh. time now. Bruna, I was obsessed with bacon, bacon sandwiches, bacon and bagels, bacon on a frat, like bacon, bacon, bacon was my number one favourite food. And like, sure, it's you who got me onto the cheese and bacon toasties, I'm pretty oh. sure, back in the day. No, I'm absolutely just sickened now. I just think of the wee animal, and it, you're right, it really helps to follow them pages and it just every single day getting a little reminder, a little reminder yeah. of why you're doing it. And do you know what? There's so many lovely alternatives. Like, I yeah. am. No UK is wonderful. Here, I'm, I'm finding it hard here, um, but and I have to be a bit more. I don't love the word vegan because I kind of feel sometimes that you're a part of a cult. Um, but plant based. But I'm having to be a bit more relaxed here because I'm, I'm, I am being, I am being a hundred, pretty much a hundred percent vegan, and I find soy milk and soy butter and stuff in the supermarket which I was bowed over with and Marmite oh my god happy as Laurie uh, yeah. um, but I don't have like I don't have any facilities to cook my own food so like I'm not able like I can't be getting too picky like when there's pasta vegetables and pasta and stuff like yeah I'm not gonna do that either I'm, I'm never even gonna get to that point where I'm like stressing myself worrying about oh no there might be a trace because I think yeah. that, that is whenever you can just get obsessed and you'd end up starving yourself so no you're yeah right. and again if I go um traveling and you know you're away in the middle of nowhere or whatever like 
what else can you do? Like, I'm not yeah. going to allow myself to go way back down to the weight that I was last year. No, but absolutely so, not. And so like for it. me personally, I will never eat meat because I, mm-hmm. I just, it repulses me now. Yeah. Like I've just got yeah. to that point yeah. where it repulses me. Um, but I don't doubt there'll be situation. Like, well, there was a situation in my life. The flight over, it was a 10 hour flight. They didn't have any vegan options. Vegetarian was the only option. Um, and so I had to eat cheese or I would have starved because I was absolutely famished. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I had to eat pasta with cheese because that was the only, that was what they gave me. <laughs> so <laughs> it was that or don't eat for 10 hours. Oh and I'd already not eaten. Yeah, no, it is getting better. It's definitely getting better, isn't it? Yeah, I find that like the UK is amazing. And like, mum, mm-hmm. bless her, we were having Christmas dinner and she like, she made me a, a completely vegan Christmas dinner. I had turkey, I had sausages, I had gravy, I had um, sausage meat stuffing, obviously with vegan sausages. Wow. And, like, I had the whole lot. The only thing I didn't have was gammon, but I don't even care because I don't even really, I don't miss gammon. And I had um, vegan chocolate fudge cake uh, with soy custard wow. or sticky toffee pudding or something I like I can't remember like oh my god it was I did not feel hard done by in this slightest yeah here beautiful. all my uh what, what do we say the veganuary my meals <laughs> have been unreal I mean I don't think I've tasted it as nice a food oh my I've god yeah since I've been like fully trying to do this vegan thing like honestly me mum and dad have been doing all all of us have been doing veganuary together and I got like a one of the happy pear cookbooks for Christmas oh my god the food we have been cooking out of that on like I'm not like you you just can throw really nice food together I can't I have to follow a recipe (laughs) do do you find that the recipes are quite simple and like there's not like loads of um, ingredients and loads I find that there's like a lot of them follow similar ingredients. So once you have those staples in the cupboard, it's yeah. just like mixing up different veg and um, different flavors and different, like some will have tofu, some will just be veg. Like it's, I can't remember, it's the Happy Pear Everyday Vegan. Oh, and yeah. I quite like the way it sets it up is because it's like, you'll have a chapter that's maybe say like curries and stews or something. And it basically gives you like a real basic this is how you make a curry and then he they put it all like maybe six or five different curries in a grid oh and so you make five different types of curry um and it'll say for this one you need this stuff and for this one you need this stuff but this is the basic recipe of what you do Mm. now it looks a bit confusing when you first look at it but once you've made one recipe and you kind of understand what they mean it's really great I do follow them, but I don't have any of their books. Um, but yeah, do you recommend that then? I I really like the um the I think it's the I'll send you a picture of it. Or I'll get mom to send me a picture. I think it's the everyday vegan one. Okay. Um, but even still, like I literally, if there's something I fancy, I literally just Google like vegan. Like, if you made, we've kind of gone off on the tangent again, but like you need to make vegan jack, uh, pulled pork in the slow cooker with jackfruit. I have. Meal. I have, uh, but it's because I found in a wee health shop here in Belfast on the Lisburn Road a tin of jackfruit that's already in barbecue kind of sauce. Oh, amazing. I was going to say you can get it in like Tesco and Sainsbury's, but it's just in water. But oh, yeah, see okay. if you do that with barbecues, there's a rest. I don't know. I just Googled a recipe um, and I didn't even have barbecue sauce. So I made my own barbecue sauce, which I was very proud of, but oh, did it in the slow cooker. 
oh my god for like eight hours or six yeah, hours yeah well here if thing. i do do it again i will do it in this little, at least six hours it'll be oh just falling apart then mm. falling apart like and it, it's so weird because the texture is so like pork i know yeah it's weird it's unreal like put it in a bat put it on a bake but we had it with like baked sweet potatoes yeah my god mm. unreal but um, you don't, what about you i don't feel and this is steven as well like he bless him he's actually gone fully he he eats what i eat like he's probably been, he's wonderful yeah he really is like he he's even the one that is like really pushes me to like do better and to try better with like my eating and stuff like i would <laughs> such really a good love, egg i would really love like crisps and all that and he's really like octara what we'll have this instead like to try and get me to not have the crisps or whatever but uh-huh. yeah yeah, no, I've already forgotten what I was going to say. Anyway, no, right, we're totally off topic, right? Let's go away. We have gone so far. I don't even, we haven't even. I just randomly, I came up on my social media. I seen a photo of you on this sandy beach, the crystal clear water. And I was like, what? I need to know everything about what is going on here with this girl. The last I knew that you were actually, I think, working in the ICU. Yeah, um back home so I was like oh gosh that's a big transition from you know you working I didn't even know about the Switzerland thing but from you working over in England so tell us everything tell us how that came about like what is she doing over there I never even thought you could be over there nursing so tell us everything oh Katara neither neither did I um so yeah it honestly I got this message from this woman into the whatsapp group I thought that sounds like a scam I was just up late one night and I was like I was oh god cringe I think I was going through a breakup lol so I wasn't sleeping saw this and I was like fuck it I'm messaging this woman and saying like I'm just gonna message her like what harm done and she was like, no, it's legit. Like, um, was giving me all this information and gave me this contact number AM for this woman, for this agency. And so I sent her a message and I, I said, look, I know this woman. She's in Curacao. Like, she says you need more nurses. Like, can I have some more information? And she was like, yeah, yeah. And before I knew it, I was, I was yeah, I was getting information, but I was also sending her, I was throwing together a CV I was sending my nursing uh, registration I was sending my passport everything I was like this woman this I, I was honestly like this I, I just felt like a scam because yeah. I was like there's no way this could be true that she's telling me uh she's going to pay for my flight to go to the Caribbean to do the same job I'm doing right now mm-hmm. to pay me more money to put me up in a hotel and pay me three meals a day like that's oh, not wow. real wow so you're you're even at your accommodation and everything was paid yep yep everything oh. and I so was you like actually started you you knew this woman that was in Curious so where you are right now but your journey over to the Caribbean started last year didn't it somewhere else yes it started in December 2020 Um, I knew of this woman I knew her like she was in my cohort I knew her but we weren't that friendly mm-hmm. does that make sense and so like everybody knew everyone it wasn't that big a class but like I wasn't that friendly with her and so she she called me I was like can I please just call you on the phone like whatever and yeah before I knew it I was I think I can't remember it was a really really quick turnaround and before I knew it, I was supposed to go to Curacao so I'm in Curacao now that's where I was supposed to go um and then they said no we need you in Aruba so you're going to Aruba 
and I was packing my bags like getting dad was pulling bags of summer clothes out of the loft like I was just looking at mom's wardrobe being like seeing if she had any summer clothes like I in bought the myself of a, December, like in the middle real. of yeah no yeah November yeah this would have been November and I was like what is going on like and then I was having to go to clinics in Belfast because she wanted so you needed to get like a TB uh hep B, uh MRSA and COVID all these tests before you went and mm. um, but she's used to all these people living in London where you can get these done 24 7 and of course <laughs> we live in Northern Ireland things aren't aren't quite like that she wanted me she was going to want me to fly in the middle of the COVID pandemic to London to stay in a hotel to do all my health checks and I was like no so I got it all done in Belfast and whatever and it was just this absolute whirlwind um I remember it was Callum's 30th birthday the day before I flew so we had this like little like he had a little like drive-by party and stuff and then the next day like yeah dad was taking me driving me down to the airport at like one in the morning to Dublin like and Dublin like airport it's it's big and it was deserted like absolutely deserted there was nobody there nothing was open and I didn't even know if I was going to get on a flight like you know you had these random bits of paper and everything I was like this is so bizarre um then my flight was 10 hours delayed from <gasps> Dublin oh disgusting um was all right, the cafes and all even open nothing like, nothing was open and you probably one wee stop where I got a class on <gasps> Bruna, that's all like um, but I was, it was fine. I had set up a little camp. They didn't even announce it. Like I just got an, an alert to my phone. It started off, we were seven hours delayed. So I set up camp. I had my tablet. I had downloaded some movies. I was watching, I remember I was watching Hocus Pocus and my woman from my agency was like, you need to, you need to sort this out. And I was like, there's nothing I can do. Like the flight's delayed. Like what, well, like, what do you want me to do? And she was like, you need to go talk to someone. Like, da, da, da. So I had to go all the way back out, like back out to the front before you even go through security um and I'd missed my Aruba flight there was one flight a day to Aruba I was just like this is brilliant this is a great Wait, start I was like, you were getting a connecting flight yeah so I had to fly sorry I didn't explain that I had to fly from Dublin to Amsterdam and then Amsterdam to Aruba and so there was one flight a day to Aruba because um, my flight from Dublin to Amsterdam was so delayed I missed it and um so I ended up getting a really way later flight to Amsterdam and um, I rocked up in my like I had this little thin hoodie and these like summery trousers on like real light trousers in bloody Amsterdam which was minus degrees um to be put up in this hotel and like oh. Got, oh, it was just an absolute shambles at that um, point, I'm, were you not? I bet you, until you step off that plane in Aruba, were you not like, right? Is this is is this really actually real? Not even that, like, because I was like, fucking, this doesn't feel real. This is ridiculous. So I end up staying in this hotel in Amsterdam. I got on the, the flight the next day, and then what they don't tell you, or I didn't realize, or whatever, maybe they announced it and I just didn't hear it. So there's three islands of the Dutch Antilles. There's Aruba. There's Bonaire. And there's Curacao, they're the ABCs, right? Um, yeah, so yeah, I wouldn't have known that. That's really no, I didn't. I, I've never even heard of Aruba before I went there. Um, and so if you fly to Curacao, you it's just a d- direct flight, right? But if you fly from 
Amsterdam to Aruba. Did I say that right? If you fly directly to Curacao, it's direct. But if you dry, dry, uh, fly from Amsterdam to Aruba, it stops in Bonaire. So it stops in Bonaire, people get off, people get on, and then it flies to Aruba, people get off, people get on, and then it goes back to Amsterdam. Whoa, right. But I, I didn't realize. I literally just landed on Bonaire, not realizing we were in Bonaire, and so confused. I was like, why are some people getting off, but not everybody? Like, just looking around me, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, then yeah. the guy next to me explained, he was like, oh, we're in Bonaire. It'll be another 20 minutes until we get to Aruba. I was like, okay. That's was fine. he a local from Aruba? He wasn't a local to Aruba, but he was a um, he was Dutch, so they go on holidays to Aruba a lot. So like he had done this before. Cool. Um, but even then, like Tara, I like I landed. I went to immigration. This woman was really mean to me in immigration. She was like, I had the paperwork that I thought I needed. She was like, Well, where's your contract? Where's your proof that you're working in the hospital? Because we didn't need visas because it was all like COVID. Like it was just all like it was just all different because of COVID. And I was just like, um, she was like, Where are you gonna work? And I was like, the hospital, praying to myself, thinking, I hope there's only one hospital. Cause if she asks me which hospital, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and uh, she was just like, I felt like she was interrogating me. Oh, they and always I got, do. They always do. Oh, I got through and that was fine. Picked up my luggage and went out the front. And there was nobody there to pick me up. Or I thought at this point, I thought there was nobody there to pick me up. I couldn't see anybody. My agency was called AMI. Couldn't see anybody with an AMI t-shirt. Couldn't see anyone with a little like sign. Nothing. And I was like, Bruno, you absolute twat. Like, this is a scam. Like, you're getting, you're about to be trafficked through Venezuela. Because we're really close to Venezuela. I was like, you're about to be trafficked through Venezuela. Like, what the hell are you? have you done? Oh, <laughs> what the your hell heart you probably done? going mad. Like, oh no, but... <laughs> literally my head going all over the place bless him the guy that was like the team leader at the time had whatsapp to me but I just hadn't connected to the wi-fi like I was being so melodramatic and I went back into the airport and connected to the wi-fi and thankfully this guy but even then I was like I got picked up like you're as a woman your head goes mental like mm. I just got picked up by this guy he had an AMI t-shirt on I didn't know him got into his car and I was like still could be getting traffic through South America like who knows <laughs> on your complete own like oh my complete own and um anyway like I got to the hotel like and I got settled in and like the next day like obviously I met more people I still didn't 100% believe it until I got paid and then I was mm -hmm. like okay this is legit I'm in a hotel and I didn't and the funny thing was like so they hire you as an ICU nurse um, but I got, I was working in dialysis. I worked oh. in dialysis for seven months. I've never done dialysis in my life. They taught me how to do dialysis. And I worked in dialysis for seven months, not in the ICU. I think so that's strange. a good thing about working abroad, isn't it? Because they kind of, they nearly like um, trust you or, or they think, oh, education system in the UK and stuff is yeah. so amazing. They just expect that you're going to be good. At they were lovely. Like I, they, I, I have so much love for that. Uh, dialysis team like they were just so welcoming they knew we'd never done dialysis so they took it we'd done so I, we've learned the filter that diet sort of similar dialysis thing to the ICU so we weren't completely brand new but mm -hmm. um, and they were just so welcoming and like taught us everything from scratch they honestly became like a little family like I feel so 
so grateful that I like I got to have that experience um, and learn that skill yeah um, isn't that the great thing about travel and going abroad where like the rules are that bit more fle- flexible that you could actually learn that new yeah skill. you would what would that take you a year or two to have to do that okay, no I wouldn't ever say you know they do do like dial like you do do a, a whole like they do do a dialysis nurse course um and get a qualification where you know you have to do all these competencies and stuff to become a qualified dialysis nurse so I would never ever cl- claim no that I am a dialysis nurse because I'm not confident enough in it but I have experience of doing it like yeah, which is amazing. which is great um and so how tell us about your kind of like what was the balance for your life then out there you know working and free time and what you were doing your free time and stuff so I um I had it slightly different because I worked in the dialysis unit so I didn't have to do night shift which was wonderful um and the clinic was Monday to Saturday so we always had Sunday off and then we had one other day off a week now that started off really nice um but so I'm very much as most UK nurses are and most nurses worldwide are, most people are used to work in the 12 or 13 hour shifts. Mm-hmm. So you work three, four days a week and then you get three, four days a week off, dependent. Um, whereas there we had to do eight hours. We could, we weren't allowed to work more than eight hours. So we had to work five days a week, which I know is most people's working life. But I find it really tough. I find it really, really, really tough. Um I'd just being on your feet for five days. It's not so much. It's just the I'm so used to being like, well, we only have to go to work for two days and then you have a day off. Or I just find like, you know, some of the shifts started at like, so the shift technically started at seven, but you really were starting work at sort of between half six and quarter to seven. So it's just that doing those early starts you yeah, know for five days in a row. Five days. Oh, um, yeah. whereas I'm very much in the mindset, like if I'm gonna make and you know, you have to prepare yourself not so much for dialysis, but for like if you were going to the ICU, you have to prepare yourself in terms of obviously you have to go to bed early, you have to make sure you have your food organized, like you have to get to work and blah blah blah. So when I make all that effort, I'd rather just stay there for 12 hours mm-hmm. yeah, and do it less time. Um, and so you have more free time. And so, um, and like obviously, most people that work sort of Monday to Friday jobs always have Saturday and Sunday off together. So they always have two days off in a row. Whereas with the shift here, like we always had Sunday off. And usually your other day off in the week was somewhere else. It was rarely Saturday or Monday. And so it was, I find it tiring because obviously when you work in the NHS, you can take annual leave and you can have breaks or I work shift work. So I, you know, I clump all my shifts together. So then I get, you know, a clump, like I used to do, I used to do all my night shifts for the month in one go. So I would do six or seven and then I would have a week off. Like that's just the way I like to work. Yeah. Um, at least then you were getting into that sleep pattern rather than the odd yeah. here and there. So whereas here it was seven months of mostly just one day off at a time. Um, and you know occasionally I got two days off but in the whole seven months the longest time I got off in a row was three days and I got it once so that I find hard mm. and you probably but, just wanted to sleep and rest did you or yeah you do, you're right. but like yeah so like some days like oh you just you know 
yeah, you're in luxury, you know, you're in paradise, but some days you just want to watch Netflix <laughs> and just totally. eat snacks. But saying all that, it sounds like I'm, you know, complaining and moaning. I am so grateful, like so, so grateful because in the midst of like some of the, you know, shittest times that we'll all have gone through, like I just felt so lucky to have been able to travel like when the whole world was practically locked down you know I went in the middle of winter so you know the amount of people that would just kill for a dose of sunshine yeah uh, that and I see ya that yeah. syndrome uh no no yeah none of that for me like I was you know before I left I was big into open water swimming and I was just now in the sea the sea which was so clear you could see the fishes it's like bath water it's so warm like it was beautiful. Like, it was surreal. Like, I still can't believe it happened. And then I was living in this hotel. Don't get me wrong. It, like, took time. You know, there was an adjustment period to settling in and, like, getting to know people and, and stuff. But, like, I made some wonderful friends. Like, there was, you know, there was different amount of nurses depending on the COVID numbers, you know. Um, But I met some really amazing people. I got into... I, you know, I got to go to the beach multiple times a week. I got into a really nice routine with this like gorgeous, like yoga studio. I'd never done yoga before, but I got into this lush routine of going to the yoga studio. And like every couple of weeks they did like yoga out on the stand up paddle boards in the middle of the ocean, like not in the middle wow. of the ocean. And you know, I just stuff like that. Your kayak and background is going to. <laughs> oh, I've I acted yeah. years, <laughs> years, um, and so honestly, it was. It's yeah. Sometimes, like the shift pattern was a bit hard, and because it was just not what I was used to, but it was, it was still like such an amazing experience. And um, so I initially was told I was there for four months, um, and just the way contract nursing works, you you don't really know how long you're gonna be there. I was there from December to January but they did it in little bits like you got extended little bit by bit they were starting to cut back the number of nurses so you didn't know if you were going to be sent home um and so in June I decided I kind of had a feeling that maybe I would be going next in the next cohort and so I just made the decision and um, I was going to go because I thought if I'm going to come back you know to the UK I wanted to I would like to come back in the summer because the COVID restrictions are less yeah. Um, I had a, a friend's wedding in July I had to obviously quarantine for 10 days which I did in the camper van and then I just decided that I was gonna take some time off work and um because I'd worked pretty much pretty flat out because I'd gone from ICU at home straight into seven months you know doing the dialysis so I had it'd been a while since I'd had a break and then where I had been in Ireland like most of my friends were in England um and so I hadn't seen them in like 18 months because of Switzerland as well and so I just planned and I was like I'm gonna do this big old road trip and so I packed my car up for almost six weeks and just drove around England Scotland and Wales uh catching up with friends that was amazing did you just go on your own yep just packed my car oh amazing and then stopped off with different friends wherever they live yeah I planned sort of a little sort of basic route and like obviously where mo- a lot of my friends are nurses and stuff and tried to fit everybody in. Um, Love so... that. 
Brona, if there's mm-hmm. a, any one mo- motto that is screaming at me from this listening to you is be a yes man. Let yes, go, like, absolutely. Be a yes man, because just listening to you there, like you're a young girl that could easily be not too dangerous, especially with the recent news and stuff that's going on in our own fripping own country. Like it's sure, yeah. scary, but just be a yes man if your gut is saying it's going to be okay like th- sometimes your gut does tell you mm, no I just don't really like the sound of this or like oh it's too yeah. but if something is telling you oh go for it go for it bloody go for it because life is far too short and that's exactly what I um what I did this time around so I didn't think I would ever get to come back to the Caribbean there has been a couple of times where I've had messages from friends being like, they're recruiting in here, or they're recruiting there, like, you should go for it. So the, the contract that I the work for is either Aruba, Curacao, or St. Martin is the other island. And I just wasn't willing at the time to give up that time with my family and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't regret it. Like, I had six, I took, I didn't even go back to work at home. I took six months off. I took six months off and I spent it with my friends, my family, my nanny, my nephews. Like, I'm, I don't regret it for a second. I don't regret it for a second. Yeah, and then I started to feel that way. Like for a while there, I think even when I seen you in the summer, I was saying to you like, oh, sometimes I feel like bad or guilty or I feel like, right, Tara, people probably think I should be working now again and stuff no like I worked for so long so hard there was loads of times I was working like three jobs at the one time just to like fund my lifestyle and to go on my travel call and like yeah I I got really really sick and I deserved to have that time off you were so busy working hard looking after other people I'm so glad that you took that time and I am I'm nearly like I'm I'm getting to a place now where I am like no Tara like honor yourself and do not do something until you are one million percent ready because otherwise burn out and sick again so you know exactly and I like I totally totally agree and I think more people should should do that and it's funny like and you know it's like when people get a little bit sick like cool and I do I know I appreciate that everybody's lifestyle like whether they have kids or they care for people they they don't always have the luxury to just say right well I'm not feeling 100% today so I'm just going to take the day to myself and then maybe I'll feel better in a day or two and I know not everybody has that luxury but a lot of people do but they just they push themselves and they push themselves because they don't want to let their manager down or you know and then they just end up like I see it in the NHS all the time and then they end up more sick yeah and then ended up having to take more time off and I'm like see when that started if you had just taken two or three days off work yeah you you know your cold wouldn't have turned into a chest infection or whatever and like and not even like just like that like medical things like then their actual stress and their mental health is going through the roof 100% a hundred percent and it is crazy like when you think like everything happens for a reason and stuff like I I had a wonderful Christmas like a wonderful Christmas and I was you know January came around and I was everybody else was going back to work you know the fun had sort of ended um I don't have a lot of friends at home so you know I, there was I, I had nothing to do I was bored and I was like do you know what I am ready I am ready to go back to work I was nervous because I'd taken that time out I was nervous and I didn't know exactly what I wanted 
And so I was applying, like, just going to take a vaccinator job, sort of a bit more low key. You know, I got this a message on a Monday being like, do you want to go back out to the islands? Like, we need more ICU nurses. And I was there on Saturday. Wow, Bruno, my eye literally got shivers. Oh, goodness. Wow. <laughs> I was so unsure. Like, it was really mum being like, I was, I was anxious, man. I was... I was like, I don't, like, I want to go. I think I should go. My gut's telling me to go, but it's too short notice. I can't go that quick. And mom was there literally like, Bruno, what? Like, I was like, I'll tell them I can go on a Monday. Like, I can go in a week. And but mom was literally there being like, Bruno, but like, why couldn't you go on Saturday? Like, if they want you there, on like, why actually couldn't you? And I couldn't give her a reason. She was there like, but why couldn't you leave on Saturday? All you need to do is pack a suitcase. Like, you'll be fine. We'll help you. I was so anxious to come, but, but deep down my gut, was telling me and and mom was saying like she was like reminding me she was like Bruno you've said this all along like you didn't don't think you'll ever get to go back to the Caribbean but if it did like after Christmas would be the perfect time because you would get Chris I had I spent Christmas in the Caribbean last year uh it didn't really feel like Christmas but it was nice mm-hmm. and so I wanted Christmas at home and mom was like you've always said this like if you could go back like after Christmas would be perfect like it would be perfect and she was like, and it's here. That amazing. And, and also, like, I suppose it really helps that, you know, you did have such a supportive, lovely parent that would actually say that. I guess we, some of the listeners, they'll not have that, like, you know, they're not going to mm-hmm. have that person that they know no. that if anything really happens, like they can fall back on. No, I'm very, very lucky. I am very lucky. Like both my parents are phenomenal. Like they're so supportive. They know I I'm quite adventurous um traveling makes me so happy and so even though I know like like imagine how hard that must have actually been for mom like with all that going on with that young like you know the media at home with the young um woman she's just been murdered at home on our doorstep in broad daylight mm-hmm. and she is there putting all her anxieties to the side and encouraging me to go mm-hmm. to the other side of the world by myself yeah, because she probably actually just wanted to literally hold you in tight and be like, yeah. you're leaving the house again. Yeah, absolutely. But she knows, like, even though I've been on the phone to her, being like, I don't know if this was the right decision. <laughs> like, I'm so nervous because I haven't been to the ICU for like just over a year. So I'm a bit anxious to go back. Okay. Um, but I don't want to get back into the swing of it. Like, I'll what's be fine. That wee, what's that we quote, though? Uh, be be afraid and do it anyway or something like that yeah feel the fear and do it anyway love it oh feel the fear and do it anyway oh Brona you are literally a massive advocate do you realize how inspirational you are I am not inspirational to her don't be daft (laughs) Brona before that we started recording here was like I don't think I have anything to say like honestly that you are you don't even realize like you are so inspirational for normal like everyday people women you say that you know you got your you kind of got really into feminism and everything you are freaking you should be running a group or something like you need to be <laughs> spouting your wisdom for oh, there is so many, i do like empowered women honestly like you just are a absolute trailblazer for people being like you know what i am scared as fuck i can't even no i can't do this i can't do this I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try. I'm just going to do it anyway. You know, like, amazing. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And, like, Bruna, I've known you from you were still in school and you were really, you know, anxious and you were, like, oh, worried about everything. Like, I can I can, I can, can visualise you, like, biting your fingernails. 
and you look at what you have achieved please are you not so I'm so proud of you I hope you're proud oh, of yourself. Thank you. honestly amazing amazing I hope yeah. that this podcast is going to inspire well it's not just going to like I always say oh if it even inspires one person then I'm happy like that's why I do it this is going to inspire young people oh my goodness like amazing 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 oh, oh I don't know <laughs> you don't ever think of yourself as inspirational but then I'm here thinking like you're an absolute inspiration so right Bruna if I do a wee quick fire round of questions here <laughs> you know what tell me what is the do's and don'ts for to pack if you're going out to the car being oh I don't know I'm probably the worst person I've so overpacked <laughs> even for the second time Oh my god, yep. Yeah. I packed more the second time. Because <laughs> I think because it was like well the last time I was really reserved. I was quite reserved, but then I bought loads of stuff out there because I got really I thought it was only gonna be there for three months and I ended up being there for seven. Mm. And so I bought myself loads of clothes, like summery clothes that I liked. And so this time I was like, Well, I don't know how long I'm gonna be there for <laughs> and I've bought all these nice summery clothes. So I just wanna bring them all. Nice. And yeah, I brought far too much far too much and is the so is it true that the weather is always lovely and sunny there or do you just get like the tropical storms or whatever we do so the beautiful thing the great thing about um where we are is we're kind of we're outside of the hurricane belt so we are quite far south of the Caribbean we're basically South America I'm saying we like I own these countries <laughs> um so the I would describe the most of the weather is sort of hot, humid and windy. It's warm, but there's always a wind. So that's it, nice. It keeps you cool. Uh, but no, we do get crazy rain. Like the other, was it? Yes. No, it was two days ago. Absolute torrential. And then you get the wind. A bit like home, except it's not cold. Mm. Um, absolute tr like tropical, tropical, tropical rain. And so we had that for a couple of hours, actually. Um and this time of year, it does tend to rain more. I remember that in Aruba. It rained quite a lot at the, when I say rain quite a lot, like it rained more than later in the year. Um, but then the sun comes out and it dries it all up really quickly. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> so I think it's got a really nice climate because it doesn't get to, it's, you know, it never has got to like, well, anytime I've been here, maybe in the summer, I know it does get hotter sort of September, October, I think. But anytime I've been here, it's sort of like between like 28 and 32 degrees, but there's a wind. Oh, perfect. Um, and perfect. so it's quite a nice climate. And so activities, you had told us that you were out um, paddleboarding and stuff. Like what's the main activities that you do out there? Um, My main activities were definitely just being in the ocean. And whether that is snorkeling like is unreal like just oh my god seeing all the fish and like sometimes seeing the turtles um if you're lucky is unreal wow. um but it, where it's obviously an island so you've got all the water and where it's windy there's a lot of uh there's a lot of water sports so um yeah so like I went I went jet skiing I learned to scuba dive I did a lot of yoga um, I even did CrossFit at one point because that's what everybody was doing. Um, <laughs> Love it. And a lot of people learned to like either windsurf or kite surf. I never got a chance to do that. 
And then one of my favorite things when I was in Aruba, I haven't been here long enough to know anything about Curacao because we only got a car yesterday. So I haven't been able to leave the hotel because mm. we're in the middle of nowhere, really. This location of this hotel is not very good. Um, but we find this little like woman has this little like craft workshop where she makes glass beads. And that was like one of my favorite things to do because it was like crap. Honestly, Tara, it's like where you're working with like hot glass and so obviously it goes molten. So you have to really concentrate. Um, but you've all the colors and everything. I love to craft. Like I love crafting. It's like meditation and craft all at once. And her house is just like this little sanctuary. Wow. And it was my favorite place on the island. Oh, wow. So if anybody ever goes to Aruba, you need to check out Terrafuse and go see Marion and learn how to make glass beads because it's just beautiful. Wow, yeah. So you're giving me ideas now. Uh, what else I wanted to ask, did you ever feel really unsafe, like the whole stand-up hair standing up in the back of your neck at all? I personally did not. Um, but I was sensible. Like, I, you know, there's certain places you don't go by yourself. There's certain places you don't go at night. Um, but that being said, I had a lot of sensible friends. And um, there were a few situations that I'm, you know, I'm not going to go into details about that happened to some of the women I knew in Aruba. And um, they were not great. So it's, yeah, it's like anywhere. It's, it was a predominantly safe very safe island but like anywhere unfortunately horrible things happen but no personally I've never not felt safe except the roads there are a lot of really bad drivers a lot of car crashes oh gosh yeah <laughs> that is the only thing. they probably just don't even bother needing driving license or anything over there oh, like, it's, yeah. there's so many potholes they're, the quality of the roads is terrible people drive so fast and um <laughs> sketchy um, sketchy roads last question to finish off a little quick fire round to bring up the vibe again what <laughs> was the most amazing wildlife that you're saying you were saying about in the water oh my god I freaking love turtles it's oh, to see that is my fave but like what what all kind of crazy wildlife did you see that you would only get over that side of the world they um the turtle like the snorkeling was just the best and just see, being so close to these like humongous turtles was incredible but the and the best thing we saw was there were nests turtle nests on the beach and we saw them hatch oh, and then you see all the baby turtles like run towards the water oh my god i'm gonna cry um, we like because you hear like they have all these turtle nests and they have all these people that watch them and everything and protect them and and so you'll hear and there the certain markings will come on the sand when they think oh, the turtles are going to hatch but you've absolutely no idea when it's going to be and so we there's so many times we'd rush down there or you'd, you'd get a message being like oh my god the turtles are hatching but you're at work so you can't go and it was yeah. oh and then you, uh, there was one night and I stood, I don't know, I think I stood for four hours waiting for the turtles to hatch. And um, they came out after dark. So you weren't allowed the flashes because they follow the, like the, the moon or the sun to, so they know where the, the, the edge of the water is. So you're not allowed the flash or anything because it disorientates them. Wow. And so we, there's no real photos of them. But yeah, I stood for about four hours and we eventually saw the um, 
the turtles hatch, all the baby turtles, and they made all their way to the ocean. That was oh, my really? favorite. Surely that's okay. like your number one memory of your whole life. Oh my god, that was magical. That was absolute magic. Like, when yeah. am I ever going to see baby turtles hatch again? It was amazing. Because even I think my number one like moment in my whole entire life and I'm 30 years old like nearly 31 and literally you know I've been to a lot of amazing places was swimming in Bali with a sea turtle for about an hour I just literally hovered oh, yeah. and just swam like obviously I wasn't even proper swimming I was snorkeling so I just floated and I yeah and he obviously didn't even notice or care that I was there and I was following him around as he would go off and find new grass to like eat and just like chill I just felt like I was actually there with him and I was like a little tour with him oh my god honestly best time of my entire life best moment of my life oh my god I mean like seeing that like wow 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 and I remember the first time I saw a sea turtle it was like after like I'd gone to work and I went you don't normally see them in the afternoon but we went snorkeling in the afternoon after work and I remember just thinking like wow this like I like I've just done a day's work and this is like Mm. I'd normally just be like lying like vegging out on a sofa Mm. like watching Netflix and I here I am like swimming with sea turtle like how did I get so lucky like so grateful like so grateful there's some people some of my friends are actually they're working abroad now they're I mean teachers that were on my course and stuff and like by the looks of it after their day is done at work they literally they just go and veg out watching Netflix you know and I mean they're away and like pretty cool I mean they're probably in, in cities and stuff but I just think like why are you working over there if you're not yeah experiencing everything you possibly can like you need to be doing all those things all the time (laughs) they're just really there for the money I suppose but yeah but then sometimes like I did get to a point in Ruba where I literally was like go 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 like trying to do everything with everybody and then I was just getting so exhausted Mm -hmm. so I appreciate that sometimes like every I did do some you know coming home from work at eight o'clock and just thinking nah you know what I'm not going out for dinner tonight. I am going to sit and eat cereal and watch TV. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. You need to have your rest time, definitely, as you say. Like, wow, Brona, thank you so, so, so much. Like, that is just amazing, your stories. I could just listen to you for hours and hours longer. But honestly, thank you so much. I hope that you're going to do well over in uh, the new island that you've just arrived. So take care of yourself. And, yeah, sending all my love and hugs over to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I didn't know what to expect, but I've really, really enjoyed it. And I'm sending um, lots of sunshine towards you.